Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Now, let's get into the uh, Warriors defeating the Titans. Uh, look, I thought the Titans were so incredibly gutsy, so gutsy in this performance, and they really showed that tick out. Like, you know, we just talked about Manly not having DNA. Like, I do believe the Titans are building DNA. Like, I do believe, yeah, they had that one blip on the radar, but for most of this year, or at least in the most of the last eight weeks, they've shown ticker in nearly every game, even ones that they're losing. Um, and so I really like that from the Titans. What I loved about the Warriors is the game was on the line and there was a set where SJ of like five, six years ago, he would have been spinning edge to edge just trying to score tries. There was that beautiful set with, I think it was Tohu Harris that goes over to essentially clinch the game, pretty sure. Just yeah, check. about eight was minutes to go. Yeah. Yep. And they just went tram line to tram line, about just past the goalpost, sometimes at the goalpost, but they basically kept it in between the two 20 tram lines. And they just basically, the whole set was planned for Tohu Harris to get it at the end there. And I just thought, what a mature way to win a game. And it just shows you how far SJ has come and how far the Warriors have come, that they're not looking to spin it out to the wing to get this crazy try. They've got a set play, a set set, like a whole set, getting to specific points in the field to create that opening um, I remember there's a story that uh, I think Luke Lewis told where I think he was playing for Australia. And I think like Cam Smith said to him, on tackle four, I want you to run at that hole there and just run as hard as you can. And Luke Lewis was like, what the fuck? The ball's like all the way over there. Like, what do you, like, it's just what well, you want to run straight at the player. Got to tackle four. He ran straight at that hole. There was like 10 meter gap. And, and Smithy had called it from, from play one. That's awesome. And so... You know, with the Warriors, that set for Tohu Harris, that was a set set. Like, that was a call from them. This is where we're going, and we're going to get some a bit of space around that uh, goalpost. Well, and they got to that spot to create that space because AFB ran the decoy. Yeah. Biggest bloke on the field. And the Warriors did this really well with Adam Vanilla Blake. And it's not just an Andrew Webster. They've been doing it for two or three years. 
He's one of the best decoys in rugby league, mm. AFB, because you have to commit so much to him. And you could see from the reverse angle when AFB takes that run, he knows he's never getting the ball. Yeah. But he saw the feet of the defenders and he just went, sweet. We need, we need a decoy try-assist stat. We need, yeah, when, we do. When yeah. you knock up a try-assist by just being a big yeah. boy run and a decoy. Yeah. Mm. And, and you could tell it was a, a set play because Egan went straight out of dummy half and threw a massive long ball out, like, out the back, not like deep out the back, flat to Harris. Like, that was just... You can see on AFB's face it was a set play. Yeah, you knew so exactly good. what was happening. So, so good. Like, to, to pull that together, like, a lot of ball players, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't go for the play around the goalpost. They'd go to the edges and hope that the centre gets some space. So, so good it, to see. It wouldn't happen because it's, like, way too subjective, but... It'd be cool if a try contribution could go to a, like an AFB and oh, that. Not a try yeah. assist, obviously, but a contribution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, have fun judging that. Um, yeah, so I, I just thought that it just shows you how far the Warriors have come in maturity, in calmness, you know. Can you imagine, because like they're down a player, the Titans. Sorry, can I interrupt before we move on? Adam Blake's coming second in the league for decoy runs. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. No shock, because the Warriors use him all the time like yeah. that. And it's it just very effective. It shows you how connected they all are. Like the fact that Egan's having the best year working with SJ. SJ's working with Adam Fenor Blake. Mm-hmm. Tohu Harris has gone over for that try. Well, you want to start. Adam Fenor Blake is second overall in the league for decoys. Tohu Harris is fifth. Fucking hell. That's crazy. That, that's like to be using your, your big men like that. Yeah. Just shows you a really smart game plan from Andrew Webster. And, um, and yeah, top. Both top five in the league for decoys, but also still punching out 15 to 20 plus runs yeah. every game. Yeah, it's, it's honestly... Oh, and I'd be willing to bet the vast majority of times they run a decoy, it's for each other. What's the average there, Guru? Well, on average, Mitch Barnett's got <laughs> the third most in the league. There you go. Another warrior. So their forwards are just fucking yeah. absolutely yeah. killing it. Yeah. Absolutely killing it. Um, and so, yeah, it would have been very easy for the Warriors to get panicky. Because like, they'd, they'd be sitting there going, we can't lose a game against the Titans who are out of the eight and they've lost a player for the whole match. And a key player, Fodawaka, would have been easy as to get panicky. They, didn't, they just played the same game they always play. So, so impressive. What do you think about the game, Gurit? Uh, mate, I want to give a really big shout-out to the Gold Coast Titans. They had no right to hang in that game whatsoever. You've got to remember as well, pre-game they lose Brimson. They're already without Tino. To then lose Mofot Awaker, another origin player. Mm. Like outside of Fafita, it's their three best players. Yeah. Gone. Yep. They're playing a top four team, remember? We've spoken about them all year as a top four team, the Wars. Mm. Incredible stuff. Yeah. I think it just goes so far to show you there's something building at the Titans. There is, some, there is something mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just really excited. <clears throat> as long as Fafita and Tino stay... I am really excited to see what Desi can do with his squad. Jeez Louise. And if they can get Benny Hunt too. Oh. Now, there's actually been reports coming out that Benny Hunt's going to push for another early release. Um, so I wonder, yeah, I wonder if he does end up at the Titans. I'd love that. I'd be all for it. Fucking hope I'd be all for it. I, I'd, yeah, I understand he's getting releases from contracts and it's always not a good look, but at the same time, like, if he doesn't want to stay... What's the point of keeping him? Yeah, exactly right. Like, what is the point of keeping him? What do you think of the game, Timmy? Yeah, said so the the lateral showed two points to the Warriors, but the Titans are the talking point for me. Mm. A side that we've you know batted from pillar to post for the last few years, rightly so, and for many years before, sort of myself and Guru joined this podcast about being too up and down, you know, lacking probably ticker at times. You know, they've always had points in them, but particularly defensive resilience is something that's eluded them big time, but. 
as I said before, with the way the Warriors were playing this season, and particularly the last six to eight weeks, I just thought they were going to blow them out of the water the rest of this game, and they were realistic. They could have won this game. Mm. Now, it was a 10-point margin in the end, but to dig in and show the ticker that they did, I don't know what Jim Lenahan said to him as soon as that happened, but he's doing a wonderful job up there. Now, I know it wasn't a, a typical sort of coach sacking mid-season where the team was coming last and whatnot, they were sitting around. Were they ninth or tenth? Something went happened. So they weren't going poorly. Mm. And the decision was obviously to get Desi Hasler on board. But he's come in and done a wonderful job with this side. Mm. So credit to him and the, the entire side <coughs> because I said I thought they were going to get shot. To, they were shot ducks after that mm. send off. Especially when you have a look at their bench. Like you <coughs> had Payne's younger, younger brother Cleese. He only played fifteen minutes. Isaac younger brother Tina. He played sixteen. And Kinney played twelve minutes on the bench. So considering they were down to twelve, mm. the amount of minutes their starting guys played. Incredible stuff. Mate, what, what about the fullback? Uh, we've got to talk about him. He is... Is he the most entertaining guy to watch? I'd still give that to Reese Walsh, but he's not far off. If you... Yeah, okay. But I, like, if you put Jaden Campbell on the end of that Broncos back line, then I reckon you're having a proper conversation. Yeah, yeah, fair. fair. Actually, mm. I remember a while ago, so I think it was about a year and a half ago, I said yeah. to you, all on the same money... Who do you sign, Kalen Ponga, Reese Walsh, or uh, Jaden Campbell? And I think it's it's cleared itself up now because, like, look, if Kalen stays in the field, you'd put him up there with Reese Walsh. But, geez, it's not as – put it this way. It wasn't an obvious answer to that question back then. Like, in regards to he had – Ponga had kind of cemented himself as he could really, really, really affect Origin games. Reese Walsh still hadn't played Origin, was at the Warriors at the time. And I think that you're right. If you put Campbell in a side going well, which the Titans could do next year, he could be one of the game's better fullbacks. Jaden Campbell, a Queenslander, or a New South Welshman? Pretty sure he's a Queenslander. Dropping the Gold Coast, I think. It says birthplace Cronulla on his profile. That's mm. what I, I had a feeling he was Queensland too, though. I think he grew up on the Gold Coast, but okay. maybe New South Welshman. So, yeah, we got Buller too. Oh, did he, yes. did he commit? Said he'd right, yeah. They'd rather New South Wales and Queensland. I think Freddie had a gun behind his back. I don't. I he wants to. I don't think yeah. he just wants to. That doesn't he's mean he's going to get it. Though. Eligible. I think. I think it's going to. I think it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be Queensland, but he that's wants to play weird. for New that's South Wales. He, he said he wants to. He wants to play Blues, but he's Queensland eligible. He said his dad lives in Coffs Harbour. He also wants to represent. I believe that the article, the Sydney Morning Herald article, had that he wants to represent Fiji and or Samoa. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep, but. Yeah, wants to do New South Wales, but he's Queensland eligible. So really interesting to see how that plays out. So he's not New South Wales eligible? It's According to this article, he's Queensland eligible. But is he also New South Wales eligible? He must tick a few boxes. He must. Can, no. you, be, can you be eligible for both or no? Well, yeah, you can be born in one spot. And well, there's, there's a checklist. Yeah. And he's obviously some New South Wales, some Queensland. I don't know what the cutoff is. We need well, look, if he says he wants to play for the Blues, he's elig- like he's Blues. Like, you know, yeah. if I'm being honest as a Queenslander, I don't want him to play for Queensland. Buller is, this is straight from the article, is of New Zealand, Fijian, Samoan and Indigenous descent. He says, I'm eligible for Queensland, but I don't know. I'd like to play for New South Wales. There you go. Ooh. Boom. So you wouldn't take him now? No. No. No way. I was in like, who, the, uh, who cares what I say? Like, I'm fucking nobody. Just save this podcast, though, Matty. <laughs> Mate, I would rather put the boots back on and get out there than take a guy that says he wants to play for the Blues. Mate, play for the Blues. Good on you. Mad. But uh, I would not want to 
Jaden Campbell grew up played junior footy at the Gold Coast. Mm. So, because his father would have moved there when he was relatively young, because of two thousand seven. Mm. Mm. So he would have moved with him, obviously. Um, but yeah, if you if Buller is um, he's what 20, 21 years old. Yeah, he's young. Yeah. Like yeah, if he wants to play for the Blues, like no no hate or disrespect, just as a Queenslander, I don't want someone putting on the mm. Queensland jersey that wants to play for the Blues. No way. Um, so like. <laughs> It just makes it even more confusing next year. This is a hypothetical, obviously, but if Hunt does end up at the Titans, there's a bit of chat around it. That makes the Brimps and Jaden Campbell stuff even more difficult. Well, I think I think you just Brimos will be put to centre then. I hate that. I hate it too, because like, like where Campbell has like these incredible moments that are just like highlight reel showstoppers, but when Brimo was playing fullback regularly. He doesn't have necessarily show-stopping moments, but he impacts games, I believe, at a more regular basis than Campbell he's does. incredible. I don't think people appreciate how good AJ Brimson is. I no, know he's had the origin caps, but I, agree. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of all his injuries or whatnot, but he doesn't get talked about anywhere near on the level that he should be. I know. I totally agree. I think Brimo is unbelievable, and if he was at a top-tier club, he'd get more appreciation. Like um, I, I can get around the idea of Brimson at 5'8 with four in the halves. That's extremely harsh on Tanner Boyd, but the predicament they've got themselves in is that they've got Jaden Campbell, who is a starting NRL player, mm. as a fullback. Mm. I also hate Campbell playing in the front line because I think he's too small defensively. It doesn't work. But like if, if Hunt were to come, or even if Hunt doesn't come, like Tanner Boyd's probably getting... Unless well, they want to play him at centre, but what a waste. Uh, well, what a waste, AJ Brimson Centre. Yeah, look, if Hunt comes, you'd go Hunt for him, and you'd probably be a Tanner at 14 because he'd be a great 14. Mm-hmm. With Brimont Centre, it would take time, but could you make him into a Joey Manu-esque centre that comes in and roams and gets his 20 runs that he needs to get? I know it's a little bit different, but I think we all would have had a very similar conversation about Val Holmes, for example, too. Mm-hmm. I know I felt that way anyway. You know the difference, though? I see, like, Val Holmes and Joey Manu, they're, like, run first, big, strong, fast ball ball carriers. AJ's got such brilliant uh, just awareness for the game. He's got such great ball playing. Mm. And that because of his ball playing ability, I, I love seeing him sweeping and, and in those 3v2 situations. I don't see him as the big, wrong, uh, strong, take those hard carries type player. Mm. I'm, like, he's gun, so he can probably do it. But I do think he's a different mold <coughs> to Val and, mm. in particular, Joey Manu. Mm. I, I think you would, if you were going to play him at centre, I don't think you would use him as a traditional centre. You would have to for build sure. that edge around mm. him, It'd be interesting. which would be difficult. But, I mean, if you could find a way to play footy with him playing left centre and Fafita at left edge, can't be air out there. Like, it could be. But, yeah. Well, yeah could it, be it, well. Even then, like, what is working so well for the Titans now, and this isn't to say he has to play left centre outside Fafita, but Fafita, let's bring his name up again, Fafita wants that the Tom Opticic type player, the hard running centre who can run that hard line and he sweeps out the back and goes, thank you, they can hold up a play again. It's not AJ Brimson for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But that, yeah. It's a, like, and I, I get like, even when they saw, like, we all had the same conversation the day that they were both re-signed going, how is this possibly yeah. going to work? And mm. I understand why the Titans have done it. It's given them a lot of headaches, but I think it's worth keeping them both in the building. Oh, it's just so tough. I think that, Brimo's a victim of the fact that he can play other positions, mm. whereas Campbell just can't, unfortunately. Like, I mean, he, he can go on and do a job to agree, but I wouldn't want Campbell playing centre or even six, Not you know. Whereas, like, Brimo, he can do a job there. I actually think he could be really good at six, but he could do a job at centre. But is he going to be as good as we know he can be? See, that, that's what I'd sit on, and I feel so harsh for Tanner Boyd because he's had a terrific year for them. But 
round one next year, let's say they don't get Ben Hunt, Brimson and Foran, Jaden at fullback. Mm. Like, that's it for me. And then you basically just go, Tanner, you're 14, so you've got an opportunity to get the role if it doesn't work mm. out. But we go with Brimo at six. Yeah, I, that's, that was my lineup heading into this year. And then what, does Tanner come on and just spend time at dummy half? Just, just yeah, wherever, maybe even 13. He, he's, he's played a, a quite a bit of dummy half um, before yeah, he... But, but even then, if you've got like... You've got a ton of hookers already in your team. If you've mm. got Sam Verrills, Aaron Clark, Aaron uh, Clark, C- 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 Chris Randall, all these boys, from saying who yeah, can deputise yeah, at nine, do you don't need Tanner Boyd. Mm. I feel so harsh to him, but that's well, surely if you're Tanner Boyd, if you're not the heartbreak for that team, I'd be looking elsewhere. You'd get a contract for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely, and it deserves one. Which but is that, the risk they're going to take because Foz another year. That's what I'm saying. That's a massive risk for Titans yeah. to lose a guy like him. It's such a headache. I mean, but. I, the good thing for the Titans is, is like it's been quite a few years since they've had this kind of like headache, mm. and all the best clubs usually have something like this where yeah. there's just gun. Yeah. The other issue that arises from it is a halves combination of Foran and Brimson, both very injury prone, can find mm. one. So it's like mm. you do yeah. want a good backup half to come in there and require. And yeah. Do you potentially look at Foran being the one that you cut? Mate, he's brought so much to that side. Oh, yeah, I, I agree 100%. But if it means you're going to lose one of these young guys that you think could be a future, do you cut falls short on you? No, I think we've just we've seen so much how important an old head is in that spine that it's just not even worth it. And that like, we, we saw him unlock for feeder yeah. this year. Yep. Left edge attack and, just as importantly, defence mm. has been great. Yeah. Falls a big part of it. Such a tough And he's only 32, I think. So I know he's you know had injuries or whatever, mm. but I think he's actually not as old as you would think. He's just mm. been around for a while. But, yeah, really gutsy performance. 33, really gutsy performance from the Titans. Um, yeah, uh, they, I think they're building something brilliant. Really do, as long as they keep their key players. I cannot wait to see them developing next year. Uh, with the Warriors, um, Toe Harris, great again. Egan, I want to talk about Egan. I think that he has really come leaps and bounds, and he just seems so on the ball with Sean Johnson. Like, their connection, they must spend a lot of time off the field together because he just seems to know exactly when to give SJ the ball, when not to give him the ball, when to call plays himself. I think that he's become leaps and bounds over this last 12 months, really starting to to hit his potential because I, he was at the Panthers and you could see it in him. You could see a good hooker there, but it just never seemed to all come together. I think it's beginning to come together. He was one of those guys, Wade Egan, when he was coming through the juniors, he looked like he was going to be a gun. He then got to first grade and it just plateaued for what felt like four or five years. Mm. And now I agree with you. Like I, I look at Wade Egan and I think like if you were to do like a skill test, I, think he, I don't think he hits too highly in any of those areas, but his connection with SJ, his connection with all of his forwards as well, it's second to none at the moment. So smooth. Like yeah. even the try Toe Harris scored. We'll look at Toe Harris and we'll talk about Adam Fenor Blake and they're incredible. And we'll talk about SJ guiding the team. No, no, Wade Egan guide the team around the park in that scenario. SJ may have made the call of we're doing, you know, set red because it would have been called a set. But it's Egan that needs to make sure that everyone's in the right position around the ruck because that was a that was ruck plays. That wasn't spreading it constantly. Um, and even if it is spreading it like a two pass. It's still Egan that needs to make sure that SJ gets the ball when he's supposed to. And that last ball to Tohu was an absolute... Think about this. You're, what, five metres from the line, whatever it was, you've got defence absolutely screaming at you. You're not even throwing it out the ball back deep. You're throwing it flat out the back. It's the hardest 
friggin' nearly the hardest pass mm. you can throw. And it's on the try line, so it has to be pinpoint because if he if he has to gather it back there, he gets tackled. He hit it perfectly. And I think Egan is really, really starting to show, you know, his potential and what he can be. Christ is a tough bastard too. Tough as anything. Tough as nails. Um outside of that, uh I thought that obviously our man Jackson Ford, really another good showing from him. Um Who's uh so first on Jackson Ford, he's been wonderful this year. If he's playing on the right edge outside SJ, I think he has three tries this year, or four, three or four tries this year. He could have about twelve tries. Mm. Who, who's boy is he? Who got him first out of you two? Because I know you're both on early. Probably, probably Garina. I was in Gerringong for the birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, he's I, been great. Yeah, I was onto him when I, but I was more onto him like when he came into the Dragons. I was like, oh, I, I think I might have said on the, the podcast like. Jackson Ford looks all right. I wasn't like, oh, he's the next big thing or anything, but I was like, I, thought, I think he's got a lot go about him. And I was shocked. We were both shocked when they... Yeah. Mm. Uh, to be honest with you, when he first came in at the Dragons, I thought he was going to be a 13 because mm. he used to get through so much work in reserve grade and everything, and then the Dragons just never seemed to utilise him. I probably didn't think he'd be, attacking-wise, as good as he is on the edge. That's sh- when you said he scored three tries, I thought, surely he scored more than three. I feel, like, there, I feel, like, there, I feel like there's been ten different... Times where he's had them taken off him, or he's been like an inch yeah. short of the line. Can you get his line breaks up, please? I think he makes it like he's, he's a lot of time mm. where like he'll break the line, nearly score, yeah. and it's that, like his three could have yeah. been ten. Yeah, um, yeah. So Jackson Ford, great. Uh, another and as guy you said if he was on the right. Yeah, mm. his line. Three could have been his line yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another guy I want to give a shout out, Mitch Barnett. Like. There's many players like Mitch, Mitch Barnett. Oh my God, Mitch Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Barnett. He's a guy that if he went to another club without such a good coaching staff, he would have never been able to channel his aggression, his anger. You know, we have to. This is a guy that had that big suspension for the Knights. Really, really struggled to keep his head in games because he was so aggressive. I haven't had – there's not been a single problem with Mitch Barnett, and he's been arguably one of their most consistent players all year long. So I just want to give him a massive – you know, similar-ish to the Hudson Young story where these guys are hyper-aggressive. They've come through the grades playing a certain style of footy. They get to NRL and they they really struggle to adapt to that cleaner style of rugby league. But I think he's been so bloody good for the Warriors. So good. He is the perfect guy that I'd be putting on to Jack Hetherington. <laughs> Oh, mate. They were the exact same. He was yeah. where, where Hetherington is now is exactly where Barnett was about three years ago. Yep, and I, I would argue that Hetherington naturally probably looks like a, a busy, uh, bigger physically, maybe better footwork. Like you know what I mean? Like a guy yeah. that if you were to pick those two of who can impact games more, just off physical attributes, you would probably lean towards Hetherington. But it's Barnett that has clearly whether it's coaching or attitude or whatever. And, and to be fair to Hetherington, he's come back and he's been calm and he's gotten through his work. But Barnett's gone to a whole other level. How many line breaks? Jackson Ford, four tries, seven line breaks. So seven line breaks. Yep. It's pretty decent. For Another huge factor with Barnett, I've said it before, but he can switch between middle and edge so effectively. Mm. I'm not convinced what position is better for him. Probably leaning more towards middle these days, but you put him on an edge, he's such an attacking weapon as well. Played 61 minutes in the middle. Yeah, he's gone. Like Handy goal kicker too. Good to have yeah. in the squad. <laughs> Seven, nudge. 17 runs, 153 metres, 64 post contact, 30 tackles. Like, if your front rowers do 150 metres plus, that's a win. That's a big, that, that's, um, 
If your if your front rower is making thirty plus tackles and missing, you know, one or two, and he's running for over one hundred and fifty meters in the NRL, that's a top eight at the very least standard front rower, or even you know, they're similar ish numbers to your Fisher Harris's, Leotas. He's an interesting guy because I wonder with Mitch Barnett, Webby wouldn't have signed him. Mm. He would be one of those guys that was signed mm. when he arrived. So. I wonder what he thought of Mitch Barnett. Because uh, for me, I always thought it was a bit of a punt. He's a good footballer, there's no doubt about that. But I thought it was a punt. To I thought it was a massive Barnett. punt. So, yeah. I, and once again, it'll be interesting to see you know, if Webby at the start of the season would have been stoked to have him. I think I, he... I think I read an article. Could you try and find it? Um, Webby basically, I think he said something along the lines of, I didn't look to change anything because I wanted to bring the best out of the group that was yep. there. Yep. So he came in with the right mindset, I reckon. Like Coach the team you have. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've got this team. I want to bring the best out of them. And if you come in basically going, oh, well, this isn't my roster, I think the players can feel it sometimes. Yep. Even, even if it's not said by anyone. But as a player, you can just feel like, oh, I'm not his guy. Whereas he came in going, these are my guys. And, I mean, if you're a coach coming into the Warriors who – you know, they haven't played finals footy in 10 years now. You could fully understand him pushing that argument of, this isn't my squad, remember? Yeah. Mm. So if this doesn't go well, it's not my yeah. team. But instead, he has just embraced it and gone all in. And basically, he hasn't gone in and gone, oh, we need a clean out. We need a culture change. You know, when now clearly the culture has changed, but you don't want to publicly... Because what you're saying, when you say stuff like that as a coach, what you're saying to those 30 players is, you're not my guy and I don't believe in you. Wayne Bennett, when he's been asked about recruitment this year, he said, no, nope, believe in the players I've got. That means something. Like, that, that means something. And Webstar has got all those boys believing in themselves and believing in each other. And you can tell. You can tell. Um, Mitchell Barnett is a perfect example. Heaps of talent. Bit of a hothead. Gets a coach that says, I get you're a hothead. I get it. Let's channel it in different ways. And they've done that. They've done that. It's been amazing. So, really, really good stuff. I thought... Uh, Torpiki was really good as well. Poor old, Mate. poor old Chans, third concussion of the season, so he'll miss at least a week and have himself back and firing before the end of the regular season. But coming in from 18th man, a young fella, that footwork, not, not an ideal preparation going into a game after what 15 odd minutes. Boom, mate, you're in. Let's go. Ran for 160 <coughs> odd meters, 17 runs, six tackle bars. He'll get. You'd think he probably gets the nod there at fullback for them. And well, he trialled there. He trialled really well, actually. Yeah, great, great opportunity for him the next mm. few weeks. He blew it away in Q Cup last year. Yeah. That it was, was him early. and Campbell, actually, wasn't it? So him and Campbell, when they did play Q Cup, I'm pretty sure. He was playing for Burley from they memory. They fucking yeah. absolutely tore teams to shreds. And it was yeah. between, like, because he, uh, Tui, uh, Tui Picky was at the Titans last year. Uh, was it last year? Yeah, last year. He was at the Titans. And so Gold Coast had, like, Brimo. Campbell and this kid and this kid I think he, he might even won back of the year or something like that yeah. um, so he uh, he is good he is good super dangerous super dangerous player his nickname at Burley was the magician <laughs> uh, okay you know what my nickname was what was your nickname skirt skirt <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I just wanted to hear you say it again <laughs> you know what's funny it's like it's been so far since my career like and uh, I was a winger and you listen to people like, you know, give you shit and you, you know, talk all that kind of stuff. I thought that I was like soft as shit thinking about it now. I think, oh, you're just a pussy winger. <laughs> um, but I go back, when I see some of my highlights, I'm like, damn, that was a tough carry. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, I wasn't, I actually wasn't soft. I actually did the tough carries, you, man. You brought up in the hype of everyone else and what they said, yeah. I really did. <laughs> I remember Wendell, he goes to me, it's like, a, oh, it would have been like six months ago or maybe a bit longer. And he's like, mate, you used to take all the tough carries. And I was like, I didn't. What are you talking about? 
And then I've seen some highlights. I'm like, fuck, that was a pretty fucking tough carry. Like, so don't believe the hype, people. Believe in yourself. That's the message. <laughs> believe in yourself. When I said he brained Queensland Cup last year, I, I didn't realise this. He won the Petro 7 receiver medal, which was the best and fairest. He won Rookie of the Year and Fullback of the Year. So if he goes on to kill it, that's my guy because I said that first. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can we go get official? Sure. Can we all get official? If Tuipiki goes on to kill it, I said that he got the award first. Guru didn't even know who he was. I'll get the receipts from a year ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so very exciting. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.